Hey, how you doing, listeners out there in the podcast universe? I'm Adam, and I'm happy to be back in the Mega HQ with my good buddy, Luke. About a year ago, we created this project to share with you the joy that we find in the creative process. Our goal from the beginning has been to shed light on creativity, compassion, and individuality. Our entire process is a celebration of what makes humans different. What makes each person special? We now live in a time where one of the world's most powerful leaders acts more like a supervillain than a hero. That doesn't sit well with us here at the Mega HQ, and we hope you feel the same way. This week's episode is the first dedicated entirely to creating a villain. Not to celebrate the man who inspired him, but to shed light on the fact that we need heroes now more than we have in a very long time. It's better to light a candle than to curse the darkness. Be strong. Be creative. And never forget. Together, we can all be mega. this book muffin mania ah. which is like the canadian bible of muffin making <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> there's no thing ultimately more innocent than a muffin very true and thinking about this muffin mania book and i i thought of this mega name and that's the muffin low maniac it's so weird doing an origin for a villain because it's like we normally celebrate the heroes. So they're usually good people that are flawed that then overcome the flaws to uh, uh, embrace the good thing, the the unique things about themselves. About I, am, <laughs> I imagine that the process might be similar in that it might start out as a maybe a decent person, but then that that flaw and and how they accept that flaw and use that flaw may be different. Listen, I don't want to say that money causes evil. Nah. <laughs> eh, maybe I do. <laughs> but, I, but I do think that money and power have a tendency to corrupt that's not uh, coincidental. But I think this character sort of starts in that place from a privileged background. I like this idea of a muffin empire. <laughs> Uh, 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 a muffin corporate empire. I wish I had a muffin right now. I don't know how you feel too. about an early morning muffin. Muffin is the only food that can be on an entire meal at any time of day. Yeah. Muffin can be breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Even with my ability to cynically rant about the 
evils of corporations shoving our food full of artificial chemicals and sugar and nonsense to addict us to it and, you know, generally degrade our health. I still love a muffin, though. I don't like I mean, in this case, I think this was a good company. This company had been around for 150 years and was maybe an early American stalwart of of convenience food and of, uh, you know, affordable food that people could eat as more people were going into the workplace and et cetera, et cetera. This person that becomes the muffin low maniac, they are the son, uh, maybe they're like third or fourth generation to inherit this company. So what about this? What if this character um, is kind of a like the rest of the family, maybe, you know, 100 years ago, they were really great. And that, over time, the, the family has kind of itself gotten, gotten a little into itself too much and, and, and is becoming obsessed with, with automation and with the money. Right. Um, and less about the the relationships that they've developed over the years with all, all these loyal customers. And maybe the son decides that the automation process can be can that the whole process can be made even better by um by cutting corners. Right. Like this this character's like really into like, you know, the public doesn't have to know that I that we're gonna cut all these corners to make these muffins. They're still gonna be the best muffins out there. But the comp the, the public doesn't know that we're we're cutting our flour with like sand or cat litter or something. It's like gravel from the parking lot. Yeah. Maybe that's exactly it. That even the generation above this person's parents sort of took the company to that yeah. From the place of healthy muffins to, do you, you ever eat a muffin out of a package? Like you get a, do you ever eat a muffin that came in a package? No. You ever get like an individually wrapped muffin yeah. and you bite into it and it's good, but it's not the texture of food? Right. You're like, this tastes right. Wait a second. But this isn't, doesn't feel right. This doesn't, I don't know what this was composed of, but. This is, like jelly bread <laughs> dude i would buy jelly bread in a second <laughs> trademark make it make it city <laughs> that's the kinds of products that they're making totally is, is is really really processed and they were able to make so much money because they rode the health wave of like the 70s and 80s when people got into like yeah fitness and eating better and going on <laughs> diets and all that <laughs> that was like my aerobics <laughs> <laughs> That's what aerobics is, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this person takes over the company at that place and yeah, basically is says I can do all of this so much better because we'll we'll, yeah. we'll cut costs. We don't even that that maybe they've discovered, oh, maybe there is a, a seminal moment where this person discovers that through all of that, through all the advertising they did tying their muffins to being healthy and just the passage of time and people getting more and more into their muffins and because of the thing, artificial things they're putting in these muffins, people become more and more addicted to them and they need the muffins. Yeah. The people who like, they have a huge following and the people who love these muffins, maybe the company's called muffin mania. Hey, Hey, yeah. Maybe the people that are into these muffins call themselves muffin maniacs. They, they're, fanatical about the value and the goodness of these muffins, but they're all also 
physically falling apart. So they're sort of yes. miserable people, but they don't tie the two together. And at this point, nobody yeah. in the press or media has tied those two together. And he knows, but he knows that that means people will buy the muffins no matter what they are or what he says about it or what they advertise that that's kind of the point where he goes from being just like a regular level, shitty villainous corporate thug making money on people to really realizing that he can lean into taking advantage of them and substitute whatever he wants into the muffin recipe, cut costs, be a generally awful person, merge with other horrible companies. What if one of his innovations is, um, is adding things that aren't necessary. Like he's like, Oh, people, people like to mix their foods. They like things that are a little off, like off center. Mm -hmm. So let's put, uh, let's put some, what we will call cheese (laughs) dust. Like, like, you know, like the, like the boxed macaroni cheese that yeah, like the, like we're talking like, bottom like lower than bottom shelf but is it in the is it in the muffin in the fabric of the muffin or is it like a pocket of it in the middle or something like they call them like cheese dust filled (laughs) (laughs) like like you bite into it and it's just like a a puff puff of cheese dust yes and and the cheese everywhere on the label it's in quotation marks or italics these are ways to c-h-e-e-z yeah, yeah. It's, dust, and it's it's some propi- proprietary, some kind of chemical byproduct that he buys on the cheap from someplace. He's just got like an enormous. Maybe it was like a failed, uh, like NASA tried to make. Uh, this it was a cheese product that NASA tried to make to be able to take to space, like you know, freeze dried. They right. made it out of whatever, and then they discovered it was completely inedible and and like. Yes. Turned turned your skin orange and that's what I was gonna say. Like every like all of his muffins, once he really takes off, that's like his his <laughs> uh his real claim to fame is these muffins are all they all have an orange tint to them. When people get done eating them, they're like they're starting to turn orange. That's amazing. And they're and they're the they're his favorite muffins, so that's he eats those muffins every day and just carries like a <laughs> He's the poster child for the orange skin glow. (laughs) Skin glow. They advertise it. They sell it. Then they sell it as like its own product to just like (laughs) have a little in the morning to give you like, it's like, "Mm." can't get enough of that cheesy glow. Muffin cheese glow, baby. This person takes over the company and everyone in the company thinks he's an idiot like like there's not you know what i mean like there's a yeah. there's a real sense that this is going in a bad bad direction but all the employees are also dependent upon the muffins because they've been fed muffins from the beginnings as part of their payment package <laughs> so they're all addicts yeah so they're all muffin addicts so they don't they they know he's an idiot and they don't like him but they don't they just need the muffins so they can't not be there does he get rid of anyone who like openly is like, hey? Oh yeah, anybody who complains about the muffins is gone. Boots them and, and and sues them. And ultimately, he he, I think probably isn't making the muffins. 
here anyway. I mean, I think oh, no. one of the first things he does is is ship all of those factories elsewhere to where people won't ask questions about the shady cheese dust and yeah. and <laughs> such. And uh, as part of that program, also changes the the company's philanthropy policies such that that it donates cheese muffins to third world countries thus guaranteeing that those people will both not be healthy and also will be future customers should they pull themselves out of poverty i i I really like this intent of like of just making a world that is that leans on his his products but Mm -hmm. is is unhealthy so unhealthy that they they can't do anything about it yeah that well i guess that would come later i was just going to say that would lead to like a a dichotomy of people there would be like there would be the people who like know that this is these are not the way muffins are supposed to be and they like they stay away from it entirely and then they're the like the ones that are the 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 maniacs and they're and and they i mean it is. There is part of this that parallels that I think people are uh, there are two sort of overarching camps of how people eat and they're all a little fanatical about it. Either you're healthy right. or you're not. And you're either annoyed that everybody else eats so unhealthy or annoyed that everybody else eats so healthy. <laughs> like what? In, in some weird way, it's one of those. Yeah, it's it's it, why we're so judgmental to each other, because we're just naturally comparing ourselves all the time. Right. We were talking about. Whether or not he was a, I think he was never a good person. I think he was a. Yeah, I don't good, think so. I think he was a good person in that he was a person and he and he and meant well. But I think he wasn't. That, he wasn't raised with the proper values, and he was taught that it yeah. was perfectly fine to feed people muffins with whatever in it, and that this was how we this is how we do. So I mean, I think in some ways that makes that makes him a more empathetic character to me, because if he if he's a product of the world, you know, the world that he was brought up in, which was a product of the greater world that existed, right. then in some ways it's not that person's fault necessarily. Even if that person yeah. is pure evil, the person is just a product of the, you know, environment. And, and, and then so that, so he was raised just, he was allowed to do whatever he wanted in the muffin factories. And so he had a, yeah. kind of a weird sense of power and like telling people what to do. And I love this concept of, of him being a villain within, uh, <laughs> within a family of let's, let's say villains. Yeah. I mean, they, they're, they're not as they, they never took it as far as he did, but it's, it's like this, this, the sinister son, uh, usurping the the rest of the family and, right. and and taking over and probably not in a like in a pleasant way like i imagine that the family whenever it happens and he he takes over this company is probably in a way that that uh causes some turmoil within his family maybe he does some things to the rest of the family oh, totally. so they're not even in the picture now so it's just like it's just him yep. leading this muffin muffin empire I think so. I think, I mean, I think in, in a lot of ways it would, he would be getting more and more evil as he goes along, like picking up that it starts out and he's, I mean, he, 
he goes, you know, they send him to muffin school so that he knows all of the ways of the muffin. And he refuses to believe that there's good that can be done yeah. with muffins. Like, what? Yeah. No, that's not it. Like, they try to teach him how to make muffins. Like, they feed him good muffins. He's like, no, this isn't This isn't a muffin. People aren't going to eat this. People aren't going to like this. This has raisins in yes. it. For ugh. Like, seriously? This comes from the ugh. ground. Gross. Fruit. Real fruit. Even dried, it's gross. Look at these things. So there's a, I guess what I'm saying is there is a, a road of minor awfulness along the way to get to this point and, and in the process maybe does kind of disenfranchise a lot of people in the company and maybe there's somebody who worked for the company leaves and starts a, a competitive company that's all wholesome ingredients and does everything right. It's like grandma's muffins or something. <laughs> Mama's maniacs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think ultimately what's important to him is power, right? right? Like, I mean, it's it's it'd be easy to say that it's money or muffins, but it's you know, it's, it's not. It's it's about controlling people. Subjugating everybody else. Right. And I think in some ways, I mean, again, to be try to to try to be empathetic and on some level of this otherwise not very uh redeeming person that He's that way because he thinks that's the only way to be safe and happy because it's the only life he's ever known. Let's face it. He needs everyone to worship him. Yeah. I think there's really something powerful in what you just said because I think maybe going back to his I, – I, I know it's – you're having a lot of trouble giving this person something redeemable, but I don't know, I don't know that it's necessarily something redeemable. I think it's just something human. So I think what you just said works really well. Like maybe as a younger sinister person, um, when he was just maybe a mischief maker in this factory and within his family's empire, he wasn't he wasn't getting the attention from other family members, and mm. and everybody's attention was going was going to the business and going to the pursuit of the dollar. Right. Maybe at some point, as a younger kid, he was just very much an innocent. Like you know, one day I want to run this company and I want to run it the mm-hmm. way that I think it should be run, and and people are gonna, you know, people are gonna pay attention. It's gonna be it's gonna be different than what it is now. Right. And over the years his environment and his his personality it everything just kind of twists into this like well it is different because people need to worship me now and people need to pay attention right. to me it becomes that i'm the figurehead of this company i'm i am the company i am the brand but i think the big fascination is why do people allow it like i because i think there is a point where this person takes over and maybe the profile of the company gets bigger and they start really leaning into uh how much better muffin maniacs are than other people or something yeah. like there's a it becomes a real like status thing where they're they're saying you know they start their advertising starts to be kind of unpleasant and toward people who don't eat muffins and even though these muffins are made of just utter crap and are probably right. really cheap to make because he's cut so many corners they sell them at such a high cost that it's like it's a it's very much a social marker for people. It's like, oh, I'm eating cheesy muffins for lunch. Ah ha ha. <laughs> I like that that it's like a luxury item and that and that it it becomes about 
kind of gratuitous wealth. Yeah. So they open a, 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 a what becomes immediately kind of ubiquitous uh, muffin shops all over North America, yes. and they're on every corner. He, they're the best, the best muffin shops all over the country. <laughs> And and they he like he goes to these like he makes a big deal out of every opening he goes and yeah, yeah. he's just really just lavish like just throws as much money as he can at making these things getting these things open and then it's just it's the same product right yeah, but people go yeah yeah because they don't they don't know that they're not like they think that's what success looks like. I like the idea of this of there being a competitor, but I, I also like the idea of there being kind of a movement again, like that there's that the the there starts to be news articles about the suspicious things that are in these muffins, and you know that somebody finds a recording of this guy talking about the awful shit they put in muffins, yes. and that they can put whatever they want in them, and people will just take it and eat it and stick it in their face because of whatever, yeah. and like. Like it shows a total disrespect for the customers and just people in general. There starts to be a real backlash against the company and specifically this person as the figurehead and sort of symbol of the company. I like it. They're the muffin maniacs and then they're the muffin whatever the they are. Muffin shunners. The muffin shunners. And the muffin shunners are horrified at this awful non-food product that is passed off and is... There's constant fights with government regulators, right. but they always get away with it because he bribes the right people or whatever. I don't know. He did. They were able to get away with it. I want there to have <laughs> been like some sort of pact that would allow a certain kind of evil power to manifest if certain societal circumstances allowed. <laughs> it's like if a certain amount of people complaint like if there's a certain amount of complaints logged in a day or something then it's like the there's like this it's building of negative power it's like the evil version of um of like the one millionth customer celebration there's some council on like human existence or something or on maybe it's all maybe it is food consumption related let's yeah so it should be that maybe there's this like secret society that that keeps track of human eating and if it if people become unappreciative of food they're eating there's some sort of eye that, that whatever this item is this ancient relic a spoon or a, a whisk or a and it holds all of the negative energy of people complaining about food and not being appreciative of their food. It's obviously a measuring cup. It is obviously a measuring cup. But it like it collects like the like the energy of the the negativity that people have that people feel towards is it a specific food or just food in general? I think food in general. I think the, the idea would be like in the early days of of, of human uh, mastery of agriculture and beginning to accumulate food and be able to not just scavenge and 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 try to get by on a day to day basis. That there started to be a gathering of this sort of secret society who would keep tabs on our taste, okay, what we like, and also what's good though, like what's not maybe not just taste, maybe also what's edible and what's not edible. 
it, it's not like they're like they're dictating what we eat, right? It's like they're they're just chronicling what it is that we do consume. Right. They knew that there's a power in humanity being collectively healthy and eating well. So they were maybe there is kind of a do gooder sort of you know what I mean? Like maybe yeah. it does have a social function. It's not it's not like a governing body or spiritual right. like anything like that. It's it's more like they're caregivers. They they are trying to they try to um, make sure there's good information out in the world about food. And they do all this on, on the on the DL. They're a team of rogue ninja nutritionists. And they they probably <laughs> the ninja nutritionists. <laughs> what nutrition ninjas? Nutrition ninjas, that's it. The <laughs> nutrition ninjas, that's exactly what they are, is the nutrition ninjas. I think they stay especially connected with, like, the big, uh, now, the way the world, like, it used to be that they would stay, like, in the ear of anybody writing, like, the Farmer's Almanac or Guides for Farmers. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. they're, whatever that mechanism there is for communicating with the people that are producing the food we're eating, which increasingly is not us, but big companies they're more engaged in that world and so like they would just have probably a spy or a, a, a not a spy a, a nutrition ninja um working undercover at major companies and so they would have somebody working at this muffin mania yeah and maybe maybe he he finds out somehow maybe there's some way that he knows and that's how he is able to then maybe they bring him in for charges like for for crimes against <laughs> crimes against digestion Crimes against digestion. Yeah. So they bring him in for crimes against digestion. And I, I like I so I think probably they bring him in because they're there. There's this crisis that the the great measuring cup of like digestible satisfaction or dissatisfaction. So this thing, I, I just imagine this this ancient measuring cup just every day having just slightly varied levels of like a black ooze yeah, yeah. that's just like kind of bubbling and like this little cesspool within this measuring cup. And, and, you know, people are like, there's, there's just tablets of like check marks of like how, like what the measurement has been over the centuries. I, I imagine him not like just being very uh, confrontational and yeah. antagonistic throughout the whole thing. And he finds this, like they bring this thing out and are showing it to him like this. You've contributed more dissatisfaction to our measuring cup than any business or organization in the history of mankind. Like just out of bravado, he just takes the thing up and, and chugs this, like this, this essence of dissatisfaction just chugs it right in front of everyone and then right. just starts like like yeah. all the worst things about him start to start to become like they become megafied ooh maybe the maybe the person who cites him for crimes against digestion and 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 brings him forward as the main as the primary cause of the increase of the measuring cup of despair or whatever. The person who brings him in is that grandmother who we talked about ah. who, who leaves his company. Maybe that's what happens is she outs him. And so they have a big fight there. She was a nutrition ninja. Yeah. Yeah. She's a nutrition ninja. Yeah, totally. I like it. That makes and sense. They, yeah. And they, so they get into a, a fight there at the, the, the grandmother is like, 
is like their their enforcer for trying to get people to really see because she has an empathy and she has she's a mother she's a grandmother like right. she's got a, a a warm touch and she's she tries and tries and that's her big like finish is that she takes him into the room with the measuring cup and shows him the despair of the people the digestive and emotional and mental anguish of a people starved and left without proper nutrition and 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 his response is this is what i think of your <laughs> i was picturing a really like huge measuring oh cup. yeah yeah so maybe he just like maybe he sticks his face like just i i imagine it you know uh ogre from revenge of the nerds yeah when he when he's in the initiation ceremony at the end Yes. Just a big bowl of a measuring cup, and he's just, just like he's like drinking it, and it's covering and it's him, covering him, yeah, just slosh, just like coating him with this sludge. And maybe the the nutrition ninja grandma gets like just enough back spray from all mm. sludge that that while she's already a nutrition ninja, but then that gives her the like fight of the people or something yeah. because she gets just enough but not so much of that negativity she's had a taste of it it's like she can see the plight of the people because she yeah. understands it and she's connected to it and she doesn't judge it and then she's able to help because of that or something like that gives her, her all then also huge strength to fight the the now terrifying muffin low maniac i picture him getting larger than life physically yeah. like being like three times the size <laughs> and in terms of what that's but that's why his hands are so small because yeah. his hands are the only things that didn't get covered in it yeah yeah <laughs> uh, maybe because when he here, how about this when he dumps the stuff he has an aide give him gloves to put on yeah. first he's like i'm going to hang on give give me give me give me the gloves <laughs> so so when he so he kind of bursts out of his clothing a little bit and gets bigger than normal and you know in men in black when the guy the alien puts on the guy's skin yeah but they made it kind of look like it didn't fit that well right right like that so you're saying his like once he gets big he's like uncomfortable in his bigness like i think he like he's he's big, but it's like he's because he's filled with the hate and turmoil of uh, he's in there. The actual person is in there somewhere, but it's also just all of this like kind of churning, yeah, pulsing anger. Yeah, and so that his skin kind of doesn't fit right and has like a, like there's he's just beastly that way. I like it. I like. That I think a lot. all of that like whatever that energy is that he consumes from this hate hate bowl or whatever <laughs> it makes him impervious to physical punishment stuff just bounces right off of him like yeah. i mean bullets and stuff like he's and just words. completely and words and uh, they can't seem to pin a like a, a crime on him like he seems to be just like he snakes out of everything like they can't it's less impervious and more just just blatantly oblivious to everything. Pain. Yes. Uh insults. Because there's such misery there. Accusations. Yeah. It's just like pew, bing, 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 boom. So it's not even that they bounce off, that he just absorbs it. It's yeah. just all of that. And it and in fact, they discover at in the more you fight 
the muffin low maniac, the more you with weaponry or words or 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 whatever, the more powerful he gets. Oh. So the real way to fight the muffin low maniac is to ignore his giant ego. I love it. His newfound purpose once he's transformed is he he likes this the power that comes with this dissatisfaction that he's consumed. Right. So his his whole goal is to then go into the world and create even more chaotic dissatisfaction because it like he has the like maybe he takes the measuring cup for himself. Yeah. yeah. And it like whenever people become dissatisfied, he just re like just re ups on his his and he has to in order to be able to take all that punishment and have all that power he has to continue consuming yeah. dissatisfaction so he can consume it through the cup or you can throw it directly at him and that's what and so he becomes all about his whole existence becomes about gathering antagonism and and hate and he and he realizes as he sits in his big gold plated office, what's the way that I can get the most people to sling the most hate at me? Run for political office. Yeah. Yes. So that then he hatches his big plan to take over. Because of the kind of physical um, transformation uh, is becoming larger. There's uh, there would be some super strength involved. Right. But I also I think that because he himself is has consumed so much of this uh, cheese uh, and and has been around it for so long, it, it's just a part of his. It's like almost it's basically a part of his body. It's a part of his right. DNA by now. And when this stuff transforms him, it amplifies the amount of that that whatever that chemical is in his body that material. Right. He can, uh, I want to say it, it just like, he leaves a trail of, of cheesy goo, like wherever he goes. <laughs> so like, like, like a slug would like, yeah. as in like footprints and like a, yeah. But I, and I think it affects people. Like, I think he can grab someone with that and like, oh. it's like he's force feeding them just through osmosis. Like he's just cheesing them up. I was thinking that he would. Uh, the way that like a magician would like have like a, a puff of smoke and like disappear or something that he would have he would be able to have like these puffs of cheese dust yes like just this gold cheese dust so like he'll just appear in a puff of cheese dust <laughs> he doesn't actually he's not actually magic he just can cause like a, a, a what he calls the gold out which is like you can't <laughs> see because of so he like completely fills a room with cheese dust and then he just walks in <laughs> But then I think that the cheese dust like affects causes people to because the cheese dust his cheese dust would be infected with this negativity yeah. that Do you think so with this this gold out ability like he can if there's like a room full of diplomats say mm -hmm. he can like cheese cheese out the room and do they become does it affect them like do they become just like they're more they're angrier like they become I think it feeds whatever, like if you're already, uh, if you already have that like anger and, and, and you're already cynical and frustrated with or whatever and, and, and complaining and negative, it will amplify that. Okay. So it, it finds your inner dissatisfaction and brings it to the surface. Ah, 
if you're a person who is optimistic and, and trying to make things better and you generally disagree with the Muffin Lomaniacs campaign of negativity, uh, it just makes you unable to stop him. Like okay. it makes you unable to tell, call it out. So like, for example, if he's talking to like members of the media, they just they end up like uh, blah, 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 just sort of stammering, not able to like, wait, no, that's your he treats it like a mic drop moment. Like he's just like, ha, yeah. told you. And just like walks out. Ha, yeah, totally. So this obvious, th- this comes in handy when he's like at a rally, if he's, if he's running yes. for, for office. Of course. So every time he goes into one of these rooms, whether you agree with him or not, he's able to build up the excitement and, yeah. you know, get, build the frenzy of those who are, and those who aren't become sort of, paralyzed to stop it and the way you feel if you're one of those people is you ever been in like a smoky situation that made you not be able to breathe that like or like even like a really smoggy industrial area and that like when there's the toxins in the air and it's like yeah like you feel you can't breathe yeah that's sort of what happens to the people who want to resist uh this cheese just makes it like i hadn't anticipated that this would be this bad and that I would feel this physically debilitated yeah. by what's happening. It it creates a negativity where there is none. Like if you are a positive person, it, it creates this like, like panic, panic and, and, and frustration at, at your inability to do anything. And, and then when it's gone, then it's like, Oh, what yeah. I should have said, I needed to stop him. So then even with positive people, he can, he can develop, he can still harvest, he can still yes. harvest sat- the satisfaction from them and and pull energy from them. And if he stays with it long enough, a positive person in that state might eventually turn over. And that's what happens. And then they turn over to that side. I think this muffin hair situation. Yeah. He's able to take it off. <laughs> sling muffins. So he slings them like frisbee-ish. Out of his hair? Yeah, and they regenerate. They pop up. So he takes one and slings it, and then a new one pops up. Uh, Through his transformation, he gains the power to um, produce insanely nonsensical figurative language. Um, yes. So he'll be in the middle of like giving a speech, and he'll someone will bring up his his company from his past, and he'll say something like, "My muffin company was a golden unicorn riding the biggest Humvee in the nation," and everybody's like, "Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It checks out." They just start cheering. Um, just uses yeah. just just completely random metaphors and similes and hyperboles. Right. So. Pompous, self-absorbed son of privilege, Ronald Stump, inherited a mediocre snack food empire, which he led with a special talent for making personal gains at the expense of customers, employees, and the world at large. The Muffin Mania brand was an early innovator in processed foods. 
Under Stump's leadership, the company was praised in the convenience food industry, but reviled by healthy consumers for its questionable advances in the manufacturing of food-like consumables. Stump's muffins contained mostly sugar, combined with a nearly poisonous synthetic dairy protein called cheese. The proprietary blend turned Stump's customers into uncontrollable muffin addicts, or maniacs. It also had the added benefit of draining them of energy and joy, while also turning their skin to an eerie orange color. Aside from lavish displays of wealth and self-adoration, Stump found little satisfaction in daily life. His pursuit of power and profit left him with few friends. Instead, he focused his entire life on the pursuit of more. More money, more muffins, and especially more power. Consulting with experts in manipulation, he discovered the best way to more power was to speak directly to the masses. He needed a louder megaphone. Politics. After the bakery magnate announced his political intentions, the media enthusiastically jumped to cover his campaign, fulfilling Stump's goal to reach a broader audience. But not all the attention was positive. The heightened exposure also reached an ancient guild of nutrition ninjas who had throughout human history overseen the health and holistic satisfaction of humans. The Council of Nutrition Ninjas sought to make Stump pay for the copious amounts of dissatisfaction he had caused, showing him the contents of the sacred measuring cup of misery. It churned with hate batter a sludge that contained the whole of humanity's dissatisfaction. The cup had nearly reached capacity with the increase in unpleasantness emanating from Stump's campaign messages. Feeling no remorse, Stump began to drink the entire cup of hate-filled essence in a temper tantrum of defiance. The hate batter transformed him instantly, amplifying the very worst of his characteristics inside and out. Stump returned to campaign headquarters at Stump Steeple and continued his political campaign as a beastly villain. Meaner and less coherent than ever, he defied all odds to win the election, shocking the world. No longer was he the greedy businessman who cared about only himself. Now he was a greedy, mega-powered world leader who cared about only himself. Humanity hoped a hero would rise to resist this insidious baker before he was able to rule the world as the one, the only, Muffinlo Maniac.
And remember, you have the power to make the world a better place, listener. Be hopeful. Be decent. And now, more than ever, be mega! The characters and the stories of this podcast are the property of...